Hey guys, it's me Ishita and I'm so sorry that I wasn't able to upload the episode yesterday but uh, no worries, um, today we'll be going to start with the ninth chapter that is the parents. So as you, if you haven't checked out my other chapters of Matilda, check it out and do click on the follow button and share it with your friends. So now let's get started. Chapter 9, The Parents. When Miss Honey emerged from the headmistress study, most of the children were outside in the playground. Her first move was to go around to the various teachers who taught the senior class and borrow from them a number of textbooks, books on algebra, geometry, French, English literature, and the like. Then she sought out Matilda and called her into her classroom. There is no point, she said, in you sitting in class doing nothing while I'm teaching the rest of the form, the two times table, and how to spell rat and cat and mouse. So during each lesson, I shall give you one of these textbooks to study. At the end of the lesson, you can come up to me with your questions if you have any, and I shall try to help you. How does that sound? Thank you, Miss Honey, said Matilda said. That sounds fine. I'm sure, Miss Honey said, that will be able to get you move into a much higher form later on. But for the moment, the headmistress wishes you to stay where you are. Very well, Miss Honey, Matilda said. Thank you so much for getting those books for me. What a nice child she is, Miss Honey thought. I don't care what her father said about her. She seems very quiet and gentle to me, not a bit stuck up in the spite of her brilliance. In fact, she hardly seems aware of it. So when the class reassembled, Matilda went to her desk and began to study the textbook on geometry which Miss Honey had given her. The teacher kept half an eye on her all the time and noticed that the child soon became deeply absorbed in the book. She never glanced up once during the entire lesson. Meanwhile, Miss Honey was making another decision. She was deciding that she would go herself and have a secret talk with Matilda's mother and father as soon as possible. She simply refused to let the matter rest where it was. The whole thing was ridiculous. She couldn't believe that the parents were totally unaware of their daughter's remarkable talents. After all, Mr. Wormwood was a successful motor car dealer, so he presumed that he was a fairly intelligent man himself. In any events, parents never underestimate the abilities of their own children. Quite the reverse. Sometimes it was well nigh impossible for a teacher to convince the proud father or mother that their beloved offspring was a complete nitwit. Miss Honey felt confident that she would have no difficulty in convincing Mr. and Mrs. Wormwood that Matilda was something very special indeed. The trouble was going to be stop them from getting over-enthusiastic. And now Miss Honey Hopes began to expand even further. She started wondering whether permission might not be sought from the parents for her to give private tuitions to Matilda after school. The prospect of coaching a child as bright as she appealed enormously to her professional instinct as a teacher and suddenly decided that she would go and call Mr. and Mrs. Bombwood that very evening. She would go fairly late between 9 and 10 when Matilda was sure to be in bed. And that is precisely what she did. Having got the address from the school records, Miss Honey set out to walk from her own to the Wormwood's house shortly after nine. She found the house in the pleasant street where each smallish building was separated from its neighbor by a bit of garden. 
it was a modern brick house that could not have been cheap to buy and the name on the gate said cozy nook noozy cook might have been better miss honey thought she was given to playing with words in that way she walked up the path and rang the bell while she stood waiting she could hear the television blurring inside the door was opened by a small ratty looking man with a thin ratty mustache who was wearing a sports coat that had an orange and red stripe in the material yes he said peering out at miss honey if you are selling raffle tickets i don't want any i'm not miss honey and please forgive me for buttoning in you like this i am matilda's teacher at the school and it's very important i have a word with you and your wife got into trouble already has she mr wormwood said blocking the doorway well she's your responsibility from now you'll have to deal with her she is in no trouble at all i've came with a good news about her quite startling news mr wormwood do you think i might come in for a few minutes to talk to you about matilda we are right in the middle of watching one of our favorite programs this is most inconvenient why don't you came back some other time Mrs Honey began to lose patience. Mr Wormwood, she said, if you think some rotten TV program is more important than your daughter's future, then ought to be not a parent. Why don't you switch the damn thing off and listen to me? That shook Mr Wormwood. He was not used to being spoken to in this way. He peered keenly at the slim fair woman who saw stood so resolutely out in the porch. Oh, very well then, he snapped. Come on and let's get over with it. Miss Honey stepped briskly inside. Mrs. Wormwood isn't going to thank you for this, the man said as he led her into the sitting room where the large, platinum blonde woman was gazing rapidly at the TV screen. Who is it? The woman said, not looking round. Some school teacher, Mr. Wormwood said. She said she got to talk us about Matilda. She crossed on the TV set and turned down the sound but left the picture on the screen. Don't do that, Harry, Miss. Um, Willard is just about to propose Angelica. You can still watch it while we are talking, Mr. Wormwood said. This is Matilda's teacher. She says she has got some sort of news to give us. My name is Jennifer Honey. Miss Honey said, what do you do, Mrs. Wormwood? Mr. Wormwood glared at her and said, what's the trouble then? Nobody invites Miss Honey to sit down, so she chose a chair and sat down anyway. This was your daughter's first day at school. We know that. Mrs. Wormwood said, ratty about missing the program. Is that all when you came to tell Miss Honey stared hard into the another woman's wet gray eyes and allowed the silence to hang in the air until Miss Wormwood became uncomfortable. Do you wish me to explain why I came? She said, go on with it then, Miss Wormwood said. I'm sure you know, Miss Honey said, that children in the bottom class at school are not expected to be able to read or spell or juggle with numbers when they first arrive. Five-year-olds cannot do that, but Matilda can do it all. And if I am to believe her, I wouldn't, Mrs. Wormwood said. She was still ratty at losing the sound on the TV. Was she lying then, Mrs. when she told me that nobody taught her to multiply or to read? Did Either of you teach her? Teach her what? Mr. Wormwood said. To read, to read books, perhaps. Did you teach her? Perhaps she was lying. Perhaps you have shelf full of books all over your house. I wouldn't know. Perhaps you are both great readers. Of course we read. Mr. Wormwood said. Don't be so daft. I read the autocar and the motor from cover to cover every week. 
This child has already reading an astonishing number of books, Miss Honey said. I was simply trying to find out if she came from a family that loved good literature. We can't hold with book reading, Mr. Wormwood said. You can't make a living from sitting on your fanny and reading storybooks. We don't keep them in the house. I see, Miss Honey said. Well, I, all I came to tell you was that Matilda has a brilliant mind, but I expect you to know that already. Of course, we know she could read. Mother said she spent her life up in her room buried in some silly book. But she did not integrate you, Miss Honey said. That's a little five-year-old child is reading long adult novels by Deccans and Hemingway. Doesn't that make you jump up and down with excitement? Not particularly, the mother said. I'm not in favor of blue-stocking girls. A girl should think about making herself look attractive so she can get a hood husband later. Looks are more important than books, Miss Honey. Hunky. My name is Honey, Miss Honey said. Now look at me, Mrs. Wormwood said. Then look at you. You choose book, I choose looks. Miss Honey looked up at the plain, plump person with the smug, sweet, pudding face who sat in across the room. What did you say, she asked. I said, you choose books and I choose looks, Miss Wormwood said. And who's finished up with better off? Me, of course. I'm sitting pretty in a nice house with a successful businessman and you're left slaving away teaching a lot of nasty children the ABC. Quite right, sugar plump, Mr. Wormwood said, casting a look of such simpering slopeness at his wife, it would have made a cat sick. Miss Honey decided that if she was going to get anywhere with these people, she must have not lose her temper. I haven't told you all of it, she said. Matilda, so far as I gather, is at his early stage. She is also kind of a mathematical genius. She can multiply complicated figures in her head like lightning. What's the point of that when you can buy a calculator, Mr. Wormwood said. A girl doesn't get a man by being brainy, Mr. Wormwood said. Look at the film star, for instance, she added, pointing at the silent TV screen where a boozy female was embarrassed by a craggy actor in the moonlight. You don't think she got to him due to by multiplying figures at him, do you? Not likely. And now he's going to marry her. You see, if he doesn't, he's going to live in a mansion with a butler and lots of mate. Miss Honey could hardly believe what she was hearing. She heard that parents like this existing all over the place and that their children turn out to be delinquents and dropouts, but it was still a shock to meet a pair of them in the flesh. Matilda's trouble, she said, trying once again, is that she so far out of everyone else around her that it might be worth thinking about some extra kind of private tuition. I would, I seriously believe that if she could be brought up to a university standard in two to three years with proper coaching. University? Mr. Wombo shouted, bouncing back in his chair. Who wants to go to the university for heaven's sake? All they learn is their bad habits. That is not true. If you had a heart attack this minute, if you call a doctor, that doctor would be a university graduate. And if you sue it for telling someone a rotten second-hand car, you'll get a lawyer and he'll be a university graduate too. Do not despise clever people, Mr. Wormwood, but I can see we are not going to end with you. I'm sorry, I burst on you like this. Miss Honey rose from her chair and walked out of the room. Mr. Wormwood followed her to the front door and said, Good of you to come, Miss Hawks, or it isn't Miss Harris. It's neither, Miss Honey said, but let it go. And away she went. So that was it for this guy. I hope you like this chapter. I'm also thoroughly liking this book. So if you haven't, click on the follow button. Please do and check out my other episodes as well. 
I'm really, really sorry again for posting episode one day late, but it was a problem, so I couldn't. So, guys, we'll meet in the next chapter. Till then, stay safe, stay healthy, and take care. Stay tuned. Bye-bye.